Hey, how you doing? This is Wade with Wade for Wireless. And welcome back for another episode of Wade for Wireless with all your wireless updates, news, and information. Just sit back and relax. Is the work model for wireless changing? To be honest with you, I think it already has. I hate to break the news to you. I hate to tell you how it is, but it already has. And I'm going to explain that today. Well, I'm going to explain part one today. It's a three-part series. I just wrote too much on this. So I hope you like it. I'm going to put all three parts together and put them out there. You guys can track them any way you want, but I thought it would be easier to break it down into different sections. But first, I want to thank Tower Tracker Pro. Tower Tracker Pro is a software as a service that will do the setup for your closeout packages. What it does, it takes you step by step through the closeout package. So when your crew goes to the site, they can actually walk through the closeout package without missing anything, take the pictures that are needed with all the data that's needed. And before they leave the site, they upload it to the cloud. Someone back at the office can download it literally that quick, as long as you have a connection on both ends and bam, there you go. You have your closeout package ready before they leave the site because the key is, the money-saving part is, one site visit. For anyone who's done a closeout package, you know that's the key to do it cost-effective in one visit. I also want to thank Tower Safety and Instruction. Kathy runs a fine state-accredited school in Arizona. So it is a state-accredited school, and it's for Tower Safety and Instruction, and they also have drone training. And the reason that's such a game-changer, because drones are really starting to take off. I see a lot of drone companies out there. You might as well get trained to do it properly. Tower Safety and Instruction can do that for you. TowerSafety.com is where you can find out more information. For Tower Tracker Pro, it's Tower trackerpro.com. Isn't it great how that works out? Now for me, wadeforwireless.com, I have several books out there. I have Tower Climbing and Introduction. I have the Scope of Work tutorial and book. And I also have the Wireless Deployment Handbook. And that's what a lot of people want to read about. I have the Wireless Deployment Handbook for LTE, Small Cells, and CRAN. If you're in this business, it's really going to help you out. Go to wadeforwireless.com and you'll see the bar at the top. Just search for wireless deployment handbook. I'm sure it'll come up. You can download it today. Now, let's get back to is the work model for wireless changing? Well, it already has. And here's what I'm saying. Over the last decade, things have really changed. We all know about the RFP process and we all know that there's flat fee for sites. That's pretty common. But that flat fee is starting to trickle down. One of the things that has really helped that along is the carriers, although they still go to GCs for a lot of their work, a lot of the carriers are going to reverse auctions because they want to cut out that middleman. They want to save on that, what we used to say, margin on margin. So what they've done, they've changed the work model that now you have the RFP and then they have a reverse auction. They take the RFP and they rip it apart and they're saving money by simply going straight to, say, the tower climber to get them to do the work. Now, they see tower climbing as a commodity, and they've driven down the prices. And that's something that I want to talk about here, because in wireless services, it isn't just tower climbing. I know a lot of people probably look at it like it is, but it's not. RF engineering, they want a flat fee for a lot of the design services, site design, audits, everything. They just want to do a flat fee, and I get it. From the carrier's perspective, it's a budget issue. They can flat fee everything. They know exactly what they're going to pay. The thing is, with some of this work, there are change orders. There's extra work. There's things that come up that they don't know about. And this is where the issue starts to happen, that they have to 
have have extra money in the budget to cover some of these problems. Some do, some don't, but they sure don't like to pay it. And the one thing that you hear a lot is we don't have money in the budget for change orders. In our world, tower climbers always say, well, I'll just walk away. The problem is if you've been there two days and you discover a problem and they don't want to pay for it, are you going to get paid? That's the issue. That's what I wanted to talk about in this part one, because if you're a contractor or a service company, it's a flat fee. Are you going to take the hit and do the work and make the customer happy? Or are you going to walk away, chances are lose a customer and perhaps get a bad reputation and maybe chance future work with that customer down the road because you really want to keep working. That's the key. So you really have to weigh your options. It's not easy. It's not just a great thing to do <laughs> when you have to figure it out. Most of the workers don't understand that. However, that work model is going to change. I don't see a lot of jobs that are time and materials anymore. Maybe if it's an emergency repair, you can go out there and, you know, charge T&M, time and materials. But the reality is most GCs, GC for general contractor, most GCs get paid a flat fee for work. And believe it or not, even a lot of uh, repair work is flat fee. Trust me, I see it out there. The type of work has changed. It used to be you had a tower crew and a tech at a site. A few people could really get a site up and running. All that has changed. I also want to put that in perspective for you. You could have an IT tech at the site, the BTS, the transmitter tech. You could have the lighting crew. You could have the alarming people out there. You could have the groundskeepers out there. You have so many people. Then let's not forget on the back end, the remote support. You have your team of engineers. You have your RF engineers. Uh, you could have low-level design, IT, and so on. You have your NOC that's out always monitoring all the sites. And then they and then what I would call managed services, which actually will manage a lot of the problems at the site or take care of problems. And this all costs money. It's a team. It's a big team. And that's what I'm trying to get across here, that it's a big team that you have to figure out how to charge for this ahead of time. Trust me, I know I've done a lot of RFPs. It's flat fee per site. You just hope the customer's open to change orders if you need it. If you go change order crazy, you're going to get a bad reputation. They're not going to be happy with that. But the contractor will respond to the RFPs, usually a flat price per site or job. That's why your scope of work is so critical. You have to define what you're going to do and what is outside your scope of work. So they get paid by the job or by the site. They commit to one price across dozens of sites. So you're committing to that price for say 30, 40, 50, 100 sites. Price per site. We all know towers are different. We all know the work is a little different, but that's what you're committing to. And if the customer screws up and it costs you money, they don't like to admit that, but you're going to have to work something out. And again, change orders, you need to get something in writing to get paid for the change order. If you know the customer really well, maybe a verbal is good enough. And I've done that. I've done verbals. Don't get me wrong. It, it does happen. But unfortunately, that layer of trust is pretty well gone. <laughs> it's been rubbed raw. It's been rubbed away, I guess you could say, by the friction that comes between people not paying. And you don't want to be a jerk with some of these people. But but what are you going to do? So with smartphones, you can sit, you can wait till you get the email saying that they'll pay for it. And an email is generally good enough. That'll hold up in court. That's usually what you get when you do a change order. But times are changing. Now we have to expect a flat rate to complete a job. And that, that's what I'm getting across here. You're going to get paid one price to do a job and the flat fee has to be done in a certain amount of time. You know, for instance, if you're in a cell tower, you're at 120 feet, mounting location, three sector array, antenna, radio heads. You got to come up with what it's going to take for that. Let's say two days labor for eight guys, something like that. 
you have to estimate your labor ahead of time. Then you have to think that you can do it for that. And you have to play the averages that some sites will go faster, some sites will go slower. I'm going to tell you right now, the reason the reverse auction came about is because the carriers look at tower work and things like that, RF engineering, all that work is a commodity. They look at it as a common product that can be bought anywhere, like coffee or copper, just something you can buy anywhere. The only difference is that most companies don't see the value in the better work anymore. Granted, they want quality work, but they also want to get to cheap work. I mean, their main KPI, KPI, key performance indicators, is that they are cutting costs, not quality of work. And that's what they see. They want to cut the costs. That's where the problem begins in the wireless world because when you do that flat fee, a contractor is going to do everything he can to save money and do it as quick as possible. Is he going to sacrifice quality? if they think they can get away with it. You know, it's a money-saving effort. They're going to take shortcuts. That's the way it is. And I'm sorry I'm getting off subject here, but that's sort of how it's set up. That That's what's the fault in the whole system is. You got to find contractors that you trust if you're the customer. If you're a contractor, you have to do the best work you can in the time allocated. That's why the two of you have to have an agreement ahead of time as to what is in scope and what is out scope. Now, don't get me wrong. Flat pricing isn't all bad. It makes it easier for the carriers to roll out, to plan a budget, and they understand what work is going to be taken at each site. When I say taken, what work is going to be done at each site to be specific. In theory, they should get it done quickly and efficiently. That's the upside. The downside, it will encourage a contractor to take shortcuts. They want to get paid as soon as possible. The end customer now, probably, and I've seen this, the money they save on the tower work, they now are paying for in audits, right? They have safety audits to make sure the guys aren't out there risking their lives, which they are. We just lost another climber here not too long ago. They also have to do a quality audit. They have to go out and make sure that everything is where they say it is. Chances are the closeout package is done by another crew because now they have to make sure that not only is everything mounted, but the proper equipment is mounted in the proper place. That's what they do there. While they pay a flat fee for one service, now they're paying for three other services to come behind, follow up, and make sure the work gets done. And if the installation crew has a good scope of work and a good contract, they're going to get paid in net 30 right? That's another story. I'll get into that. <laughs> the net 30, the net 60, the net 90. That's basically the trickle down model. That's how they trickle it down. Now, is it going to affect a wireless worker? Here's the deal. Most tower crews, most workers, most of the end people get paid by the hour. They get paid whether they're 1099 or W2. They're used to getting paid, say, by the hour, or they get a salary for, say, a 40 or a 50 or a 60 hour work week. For those of you that don't think it's a 60-hour work week, then obviously you have a great job and you're not in wireless. Because in the wireless world, generally, I see a lot of these people, they're lucky if they only put in 40 hours and get paid for it. But my point here is, is it going to trickle down to the worker? Is the hourly and salary model going to change? Well, that seems to be where it's headed. So that's it for part one. When you guys get a chance, tune into part two. Be smart. Be safe and pay attention. See ya. Mm -hmm.